Super Talk Mississippi media production. Well, free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Well, good Monday afternoon and welcome to another week of the Eagle Hour on Super Talk Mississippi. Bob Getty with you this afternoon. I'm in the First Bank studio here in Hattiesburg. Uh, Luke on a trip. Uh, He should be back Friday. Kelly Sander will be joining me later in the program. And uh, we're glad that you're tuned in, whether it's on one of our affiliate stations around the state or, of course, online, wherever you join us, uh, we're happy to have you on the Eagle Hour. Opening segment of the show is sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit. Uh, we proudly support them every day, and uh, we're happy to say that they support us and Southern Miss Athletics as well. Delicious barbecue. You can enjoy it seven days a week. Dickie's right here by the Turtle Creek Mall. Uh, you can enjoy it in the dining room. You can get it through the drive through You can have it delivered right to your front door, but however you choose, Next time you have uh, a taste for barbecue, make sure it's Dickie's Barbecue. We promise you that you will not be sorry. Well, we want to kick off the week and uh, kick off today's show by uh, bringing a gentleman back on the show we've had the pleasure of talking to many times before, and that is Southern Miss softball coach Brian Levan. And, Coach, uh, good to have you back on the Eagle Hour. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, like everybody, uh, you, you and uh, your lady suffered through COVID-19 last year, really short season. It was, I guess, just getting underway when uh, when the virus knocked it down. And now there's been a lot of practice, a lot of preparation. And it, it all starts back this Friday with a great tournament here in Hattiesburg. I guess, first of all, tell us just how anxious uh, your girls are to get back on the diamond and compete against somebody other than themselves. Oh, they're really anxious to get going. I mean, it's been a long, long time. And, uh, you know, like you said, we got through 22 games and that was it. And then, uh, you know, the COVID uh, crisis hit. But uh, they're chomping at the bit, ready to go. Uh, Tired of playing each other, I think, and ready to see some other uniforms. (laughs) Well, you're going to see some this weekend. You've got North Dakota, Murray State, Houston Baptist coming in for what I guess is a uh, tournament uh, here in Hattiesburg. Talk a little bit about what's going to happen this weekend, Coach. Yeah, we've got uh, we've got those uh, those three teams coming in along with Southern Illinois University Carbondale. So uh, it's going to be exciting exciting weekend of softball. They're all very very good teams, and it's nice to have uh, a little different flavor from different parts of the country coming here to to play softball. Absolutely. Now, how how will your team be scheduled? Uh, what what is the schedule and and the uh, breakdown for? Southern Miss, uh, because I know you're going to have fans that want to come watch your guys play. Right, yeah. Well, Friday night we've got uh, North Dakota. We're going to play them at 4.30. Uh, well, it's an afternoon game. Just a single game for us on Friday. Then we come back Saturday with a doubleheader, uh, playing at 11.30 against Murray State and then Houston Baptist at 2 p.m. And then uh, Sunday a single game again at uh, 2 p.m. against North Dakota. All right, tell us a little about these schools that are coming in here. Are these uh, good quality softball programs, Coach? They are. They are. I'm, I'm knee-deep in some scouting reports right now. we got our hands full, that's for sure. You know, so uh, 
Uh, North Dakota is kind of a little scrappy type of team. Um, they you know, have high on-base percentages, things like that. And then you got uh, Murray State, who's got some really good pitching. Same with Houston Baptist. So they're going to test us early uh, as far as our offense goes. And if that's not enough, then on the 16th you're going to play Florida State. So I mean, <laughs> you're sort of you're sort of jumping in the pool head first. Am I right? That's oh boy, that's correct. Uh, that's a that's a real challenge going down to Tallahassee and playing or over to Tallahassee there. So we're we're looking forward to that though. I mean, uh, you know, with our sights set on winning the conference championship, we got to play the best, and uh, that's what we're that's what we intend to do. So I'm looking at your roster before I went on the air today, Coach. It kind of struck me. You've only got six seniors on the team. You've got 14 freshmen and sophomores. So uh, this is uh, fair to say this is a young ball team, and, and you're beginning now to have time to kind of put your put your mold on uh, on the type of kids that you want in this program and, and where you want to go moving forward. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, you know, uh, having the six seniors, I'll tell you that, in the years I've been doing it, it's probably been six of the best seniors as far as leaderships that I've had. So I'm really excited about that. And it's one of those things where, you know, you're only as good as your senior leadership for the most part. And if that, that's, you know, holds true. And, and the indication I got, we ought to have a pretty good year because these six have been, been pretty darn good. Now, I understand that uh, you got a young lady, and we've actually had her on the radio show, from the big city of Stringer. Madison Rayner getting some uh, love from the conference in preseason. She's turned into quite a ball player for you, hasn't she? Yeah, she's she's been really really good, and you know the such a humble young young lady. I mean, I, I you know you wouldn't know it, but uh, she's uh, she's a quiet young lady that just goes out and does does her business, and uh, she she is all business when it comes to softball, and has done an incredible job for us. Just a, a completely complete player plays great defense hits the ball for power and average and has great speed so um, we're really excited to see what she has in store for us this year coming up here and so who are some of the other girls that uh, you think fans are going to hear their names and, and kids that you're going to lean on a lot to uh to lead this team for you yeah i mean when i look at it you know i think that we've got a good core of uh, young and old, older players but i think I'm really going to lean on those seniors, you know, those uh, Destiny Browns and Tata Davis and Carly Nichols and, and players like that, Amber Pack, that are coming back, that are kind of the core of the team, kind of the heartbeat that uh, that uh, we look to for leadership, and they've done a good job of that, and I'm looking for them to have great years as well. Right. There's a huge difference, is there not, and a kid that comes back as a senior and then a freshman that's coming in from high school, really – uh, really hard to even make that kind of comparison, the difference in experience, right? It is. It is. When you come in as a freshman, you know, you're kind of used to most of these young ladies have been, you know, stars in their teams. And then you get here and find out there's players just as good as you are. And uh, you got to prove yourself every single day. And, you know, sometimes that toll, it takes a toll on a young player sometimes to, to know that, hey, I'm out here competing every single day just to keep my job. So, right. But I think the seniors kind of, uh, Seniors kind of understand that, and it's kind of, they kind of mature into it. And you can surely tell the difference, just not only, you know, from a mental stat standpoint, but that physical standpoint and the growth they've had just by getting in the weight room, different things like that. What are the biggest things, kids, when they come out of high schools and, and, and step into Division One softball, what are the biggest changes they see, the biggest hurdles they have to jump, Coach? Yeah, I think the ability to, as a student-athlete, the ability to be able to manage your time. You know, I think that uh, some of them run into the 
<clears throat> excuse me, run into a problem with that. Um, you know, having to try to balance the uh, the amount of time that you practice and do weight conditioning along with your academics, it, it really is a full time job, and I think some of them aren't quite prepared for it. Right. Now, I, I know coaches don't like to jump ahead, and I, I'm not asking you to do that. I know right now your focus is on North Dakota, uh, and that's perfectly understandable. But I'm going to ask you to look at, at Conference USA softball this year, kind of give our listeners uh, an overview of, of who you think are going to be the teams you really have to compete with, uh, because I know your objective is to win the conference. Uh, to accomplish that, uh, who's in front of you that you're going to have to be able to, to show that you can beat? Well, I think right off the bat, in our division alone is uh, North Texas. Um, they've kind of taken control of the West Division a little bit. And I think it's due to, you know, they have some really good pitching there. Um, you know, they got the preseason pitcher of the year that was just voted on in Hope Trout Wine, and she's a really, really spectacular pitcher. So I think getting by her just in our division is going to be, you know, the big hurdle there. And then as we go into uh, the conference tournament, you got, uh, you know, Western Kentucky again, who has two really quality pitchers. So, you know, that's kind of the name of the game here in our in our sport. If you've got some good arms in the circle, then they're going to take you a long way. And, and uh, those two teams are really the teams to, to to try to take down. I mean, in the Eastern Division, Marshall and Charlotte have, have done some great things, uh, actually. So they're both really solid teams. And then Joe Guthrie at UAB has done a really good job with his program in the time that he's been there. So... Um, it's it's a strong conference, but uh, I think that uh, we can compete with any of them. And from a national standpoint, where do you think the conference fits in? Pretty competitive nationally, Conference USA in softball. Yeah, absolutely. I think usually, uh, you know, Conference USA is a top ten RPI conference, and uh, mm-hmm. I don't think that'll change this year. I think it's uh, just improving every year. I hate to bring this up. I've got about thirty seconds left. COVID protocols. What do people need to know? Uh, if they're planning on coming to the tournament this weekend? Well, and first and foremost, you got to be masked, and uh, there'll be social distancing and things like that going on. Uh, just kind of stay away from, you know, other fans. The players are not accessible whatsoever, so uh, those are things to expect, especially a parent or something like that. So um, we're just trying to keep our players safe and keep everyone that's uh, going to be uh, in attendance safe as well. We'll be clearing the stands between games uh, to make sure that, you know, that – uh, if needed, uh, the stands are sprayed back down and things like that. So it's, uh, it's a little bit of a, a, a logistical, you know, hurdles to, to clear here. But uh, we're playing softball, and that's what we're happy for. And tickets are available. Am I right, Coach? Um, I, right now, I don't believe they're going to be having tickets like for uh, people oh. that walk up. Okay. I think it's going to be strictly uh, uh, season ticket holders. I got you. And that's pretty much the case, you know, in, in every sport. So hopefully – Hopefully, as the spring goes on, we'll be able to loosen some of those restrictions. We appreciate your time very much, Coach. Best of luck to you. Excited to see you and your ladies get started. We'll be following you and inviting you back on the show soon. I appreciate it. Thank you. Coach Brian Levan, everybody, women's softball coach at Southern Miss. Tournament starting this weekend. Eagle Hour continues. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank softball coach Brian Levan for coming on in the first segment. The, this portion of the show, of course, sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. Kathleen and her great staff 
on Hardy Street, open six days a week, right across from the USM campus. You can shop online at campusbookmark.net. You can even call Kathleen, and she'll help you find what you're looking for and mail it right to your house. They just make it so easy, and, of course, they have the greatest selection anywhere of Southern Miss Apparel, and we thank them uh, very much for their support. All right, remember, softball this weekend kicks off. Great tournament, uh, February the 12th this Friday at the 4 o'clock. The ladies playing North Dakota University. Then on the 13th, a doubleheader against Murray State and Houston Baptist. And then on Sunday the 14th, another matchup with North Dakota. So uh, softball is going to kick out and get underway this Friday here in Hattiesburg. And then, of course, on the 16th, the following week, they travel to Tallahassee to take on nationally ranked Florida State. Basketball on the road this weekend in Houston at the Rice University. Houston, not Houston. Houston. And uh, just not another good weekend, Kelly. 62-88 loss uh, in the opener, 68-76 in the uh, second game. I I thought in particular the first game the Eagles just did not look very good. No, it was really really the first clunker, I think, you know, that, that they hit all year long. Bob, you know, and, and every team is, is is entitled to those, uh, you know, every once in a blue moon. Uh, and it was just, and, and Jay Ladner will be the first one to tell you, he's going to be on the show on, on Wednesday here on the Eagle Hour, but he'll be the first one to tell you that that, that was just not the type of basketball that, that is expected of the guys or will, or will be tolerated. But again, you know, you're dealing with a, a pretty young team here. Uh, but then, but then they, man, they, they had a chance on, I mean, we're really in the ball game on Saturday and, um, you know, they started out, I think they were down like, you know, 21 to seven or something, you know, early in the game. And you thought, Oh gosh, here, here we go. You know, another, another blowout. Cause Rice puts it up from just about everywhere, you know? Um, so it's not like if you, if you, if you don't give them the perimeter, you know, that they won't shoot it from there, they'll, they'll shoot it from anywhere. So you're, you're really taking a risk as to what, what part of the floor you want to try to take away because they don't care what, what, what part of the floor you take away? They'll just go somewhere else. But but the Eagles fought back, you know, and uh, and got it to within one. Um, they're close toward the end of the first half, and then uh, you know second half battled and had a chance to win the game. But of course, then they hit a you know three pointer coming down the stretch, and it just it just seems like with with this this bunch this year that they battle, 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 and 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 have have chances, and just just nothing's going right for them. You know, at, at crunch time, and it's not that they're not in positions to win, and they're competing. But to your original question about about the game on on Friday, that that was just a real dud, and you hope that that um, that they'll use that as a teachable moment, you know, and that um, that 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 won't happen again. You know, they certainly when they started out that way on on Saturday, you thought, oh well, here here we go again. But um, um, everything. Seemed to be okay as they came back and, and made it a ball game. Just didn't prevail in the end. Uh, Tyler Stevenson had twenty nine points in the second game. They were, they they started the game out behind fourteen to one, and uh, like you say, got it to within three, got it to within one. Uh, so Tyler Stevenson has a big game, and we see some individual. You know, we see some individual players from time to time looking really good. But I don't know, Kelly, for for lack of a better description, the, the team just hasn't seemingly formed any confidence or any continuity. Is that fair to say? Yes, but, but again, you just want your team to be able to compete, and they have been competing, but ultimately you got to win some of those. You know, and to, to your point about gaining confidence, what, what 
helps you gain confidence more than anything else is to win some of those. And, and so that's what it's going to take. But unfortunately, um, just when it looked like they might have, have turned the corner, they were going into the, most, the toughest part of their schedule. And it's turning out to be just that, you know, with Rice. And then you, know, you got, you know, um, North Texas coming up. And, you know, La Tech earlier than Rice. So they're 0-4 in those teams that were supposed to be tough in the West Division. And as far as Southern Miss is concerned, they have turned out to be tough. And North Texas isn't going to be isn't going to be any easier. So it'll be interesting to see what um, what Coach Leibner has to say on Wednesday when he when he gets here um, on the show. I know there's their call in show with he and Coach McNellis are back on on schedule now. I think they're they're taping one today at twelve or had one today at twelve. So, no. uh, but they're back in town, and I'm sure he'll have some. The thing about Jay Ladner though is he's not going to. He's not going to do the coach speak. You know, he'll he'll let you know exactly how he feels about things and um, and how things. But but they will get better. I mean, you know, really overall, when you look at the future of this team, you're looking at a bunch of freshmen and sophomores. Right. So right. You know, stay the course. Um, they're, they're competing. You know, during um, during COVID, I've learned uh, much to my surprise, there are far more people that have uh, medical degrees from Facebook. Uh, oh yeah. Than, yeah. I, than I realized. <laughs> I've also always realized there are a lot of coaches out there in, in the uh, blogosphere and, and the media world, and I see some of those coaches over the weekend starting to say very negative things uh, about Coach Ladner, uh, and I just don't think Coach Ladner has had a, the time uh, to do what needs to be done to get his program obviously where he wants it. Uh, and I, I would think you would agree with me. Back off of Coach Ladner and give the man some time. The problem, the problem with society as a whole today, Bob, is that every, I mean, you know, you, you drive up, you, you order a meal and you drive up and 30 seconds later, you have it in your hand is there's no patience anymore, you know, for, for anything. And if you're, and if you're trying to build a program, build a program that's going to be, that's going to be strong for the long haul, you, you're not looking for a quick fix. You're not looking for a bandaid that might help you for a year or two. Jay Ladner's not looking at this Southern Miss job as a job to go somewhere else. He said at his press conference, and you have to take the man at his word, he said at his press conference, this, was his de- this is his dream job. This is where he wanted to end up. And, you know, when you look at, 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 base, at the basketball coaching ages, Jay is, you know, what, what is he, uh, in his early 50s. So, I mean, he's not, he's not, although he looks, you know, younger than that, he's, He's not, he's not, you know, young in his career to where he's going to be, you know, going to other places. So he wants to build this program to where it's competitive every year and competitive on a national level. And you can't do that by Louie. <laughs> you can't, you can't do that just by, like I say, doing a quick fix and a band aid, something that's going to cover it up that might help you for a season or two. You got to build for the long haul, and that takes longer, you know, longer time. You, know, you can it's, you, you can compare it to like fixing the roof on your house. If you just need to patch it, it's not going to take you very long. But if you need a whole new roof, it's going to take you some time to do it right, so that it's so that it's made for a long time, so that it will be good for a long time. And that's what Jay's doing for this basketball program. Right. And they, not, not much was expected. Quite honestly, I didn't expect them to compete like they have in some of these games. 
Yeah. So I think in some respects they're better than they were projected to be, even though it certainly is not translating into any wins, okay. many wins anyway. On a side note, uh, you wouldn't describe the noise that comes out of Louie as a bark, would you, Kelly? How would you describe that? Oh, my gosh. A roar? Uh <laughs> You know, I, I, he does his job, though. I'll tell you that. Yeah, he guards you know. the place. There's no question. Uh, well, I, I'm going to tell you, you bring that that point up about basketball. I, I, I'm going to tell you, when I look at the recruiting class of football, Coach Hall's doing the same thing. He didn't bring a bunch of junior college kids in here, right? He got some, some transfers and a bunch of high school kids. He's building for the long term, and I think, I think that same degree of patience is going to be – beneficial if people will exercise in the coming football year too kelly i think you got two coaches that are building programs for the long haul the general rule of thumb if you talk to people who certainly know more about it than i do will say that a, a sense of panic you can tell that a program is panicking when they recruit a lot of junior college players now that's not to say that there aren't some really good junior college players who can fill some holes for you but if you're filling, you know, if you're signing more than two or three junior college players, now you're starting to panic a little bit because there's no talent in the cupboards. Um, and you're right when you look at these classes. Um, now, now, Coach Ladner had to go out and get Tay Hardy to run the point at Pearl River, but you're talking about a guy that had originally signed with East Carolina, and you know, on a Pearl River team that has now won 32 in a row. And I think when Tay Hardy was there, they'd won 28 in a row or, you know, some ridiculous, obscene number like that. So Tay Hardy was not just your, your average run-of-the-mill junior college guy. Um, but other than that, you know, he's going and getting players of the year and, uh, you know, young freshmen that can come in here and learn the system and, and be here for a long time. So you're right. But that, that takes time. This is not a drive-through. You want, you want some fries with that, Okay. It's uh, this is this is a sit down, uh, fancy restaurant type of athletic program. This is not fast food drive through. Not that there's anything necessarily wrong with that, but that's not what these coaches are trying to do. Right. If that makes any sense. No, it makes sense. Okay. All right. Well, we've got some track news we want to share with you. The track team continues uh, to perform very well, uh, and some other Southern Miss stuff. Also, obviously, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl, which just ended yesterday, and. I want to talk to you as well, Kelly, about how successful the National Football League was in carrying out the season and what maybe can college athletics learn from what the NFL learned and and what the NFL did. Uh, They never missed a game, really, and uh, never missed a beat. And maybe that's a lesson that can be applied to college athletics as we continue to move through the COVID uh, era that we're living in. So Kelly and I will continue our conversation on the other side of the break. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Third segment of the Eagle Hour, sponsored by Four Street Bar and Grill, right there in the shadow of the rock. I guarantee you they had a good time there yesterday afternoon. They enjoyed delicious uh, plate lunches, as you well know, Monday through Friday for just $8.95. Some of the best four boy sandwiches you will ever taste. All sorts of adult beverages, pool tables, dartboards, Southern Miss memorabilia. It's just fun 
at Fourth Street Bar and Grill, and we hope that uh, you'll be down there very soon to enjoy some of the delicious food and fun activities that are always taking place at Fourth Street Bar and Grill. All right, we're going to be telling you a little more about uh, Southern Miss track and field in the next segment. Uh, they did very good again uh, this past weekend, and uh, kudos, uh, kudos to Coach John Stewart and the job that he is doing with uh, the track and field program. Obviously, the big news of the weekend was the Super Bowl in Tampa, Florida. About uh, twenty-five thousand people there, mostly uh, mostly uh, healthcare workers, which I thought was a very good thing. Every Every team was allowed to uh, uh, get a good number of healthcare workers from their area. They flew them into Tampa and they treated them to a Super Bowl uh, experience yesterday, which uh, was, I think, a, a very good thing. Perfect weather, of course, in Florida. The dream matchup, we were told, between uh, uh, what many consider the greatest quarterback uh, in the game against the youngest, next maybe greatest quarterback in the game. But in the end, it was the defensive line and the offensive line of Tampa Bay that proved to be way too much for Kansas City as uh, defensively they just kept the pressure on Patrick Mahomes the entire game. It's been a long time since I've seen a defensive line dominate an NFL football game uh, to the degree that the Bucks did yesterday. And then kind of what I thought was going to happen uh, came to fold, and that is that Tampa ran the ball very, very effectively and the uh, the big kid out of LSU is just just uh, Fournette is such a talent, uh, running over people and outrunning people, and then uh, Tampa Bay really used a lot of balance, threw a lot of passes to their tight ends, and Gronkowski was really big in the first half. So uh, overall, a really dominating performance by the Tampa Bay Bucks. The NFC takes the uh, the championship back. Now, my friend Kelly Sander, as some of you may know, he is um, he's very very bitter about uh, Tom Brady and uh, his repeated success. So Kelly, now you really going to are you really going to admit to our listening audience that you did not watch the Super Bowl because you didn't want to see Tom Brady play? I did not. I didn't watch a single snap. I didn't watch the pregame show. I didn't watch the underwear on the heads of the people at halftime, which the only reason I knew that is cuz stuff on social media I um I read a little bit last night, and of course it came across my phone, that uh, that Tampa had won, and so the butt-kiss fest for Tom Brady started, you know, uh, after uh, the game was over, so I was not going to go on social media and subject myself to any of that crap. So, uh, no, it was a pretty quiet night uh, for me, and, and from what I understand, uh, and you, you just mentioned it, that he handed the ball off several times, and for that, he gets the most valuable player. For handing off the football, um, boy, oh boy! You talk about a guy that lives a charmed life. Well, he did. Th- he did throw the ball, Kelly. I, I think he broke the uh, the Super Bowl record for a percentage of completions. Uh, I think he was, I want to say, twenty two of twenty eight, maybe. I, I yeah. could be off a couple of numbers. They're dumping there, it but, off to the tight end. Now, those are uh, those are well, really, no, really and, and he he did throw uh, he did throw some balls uh, deep and. Uh, Overall, it was just a dominating performance by Tampa. I mean, kudos to uh, uh, their head coach down there. And, you know, one thing I found was really interesting is uh, is the uh, young offensive coordinator for the Bucks was, of course, a uh, – gosh, his name is slipping my mind. Byron Leftwich. Yes, and what an outstanding young coach this kid is, uh, is proving to be. And then Todd Bowles, who, uh, of course, did not do well as the New York Jets head coach, uh, was masterful. I mean, they who would have believed Kansas City would not score a touchdown 
uh, in well, the Leftwich, Super Bowl. He, and you know, Leftwich is a, and I, he's a Marshall guy, isn't he? Right, he, he was a quarterback of Marshall, yes. Yeah, yeah, and and Bowles. To be fair to Todd Bowles, I mean, there's a guy that was trying to make chicken salad out of chicken scratch. You right. know, I mean, the Jets, the Jets just weren't very talented. So I don't know that that's a real good indicator of how good a head coach Todd Bowles could be. Uh, but but you're right about that. You know, good for them. And and Bruce Arians, the head coach of the of the Buccaneers, you know, was the offensive coordinator at Mississippi State. Is that uh, right? That I didn't yeah. realize. Yeah, back in the mid '90s, I think he was three years as, a, as the offensive coordinator at Mississippi State. And we talked about Morgan Domain from from Hattiesburg. She was a, a Tampa Bay cheerleader, and and you know, uh, Raheem Notes, Raheem Notes from Southern Miss. You know, that has a Super Bowl mm-hmm. ring now. Um, for Tampa Bay, but but I mean it, it, it's just you know good for them, good for them. Um, glad the season's over. Um, whatever. <laughs> so the money we've the money we've invested in your counseling is doesn't seem to be taking effect, Kelly. I'm just I'm just tired of Tom Brady. I'm tired of Tom Brady, and they keep making the rules to make it softer on quarterbacks. So we're going to get this guy back again next year and the next year. And the, yeah, God, please retire, Tom Brady. No, you know, not going I mean, to, Kelly. Well, probably not. But, you know, I'm just over it. And I'm not the only one, Bob. I'm just, I didn't like Jack Nicholas when he was at the prime of his golf game. I didn't watch. I don't like people that are good. <laughs> I, <laughs> No, 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 no. So you hate Michael on. Jordan. Let me let me go down the list. You don't like Michael Jordan. You don't like Tiger Woods. Nope. You didn't like uh, Babe Ruth, and I know you were around to watch him play the last part of his career. Well, uh, me you, and Al Holder. You yeah. were never a fan of of the Babes either, huh? Didn't like the Yankees. Hated the but Yankees. There, yeah. But there's a difference, Bob. There's a difference between liking, and I and I do want to clarify this. There's a difference between liking and respecting. All of those people that you just mentioned or teams that you just mentioned, I greatly respect and don't want to take away their accomplishments. Mm-hmm. But I don't like them. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like them in the rain. I do not like them on a train. I do not like them here or there. I do not like them anywhere. I just, I'm tired of them. I want, I want some parity. I, I, I want to just know that somebody else is going to win every once in a while. So being I, a being a lifetime Bengal fan does take its toll after a while, doesn't it? Yeah, I just want to I just want to know that my team has a chance to win. But again, I am the absolute kiss of death. We sat here on this very show on Friday. You guys all took Tampa Bay, and who did I take? You know, I, I thought about that last night, and you know what your exact words to me and Luke were Friday afternoon. I'm I want Kansas City, but because I'm cheering for them, they'll probably lose. You guys are wrong. That's what you said. You guys are wrong. You said it with such empathy. You're wrong. No, I'm telling you, teams ought to put me on the payroll to cheer against them. Yeah. Because whoever I whoever I cheer for loses every time. Mm-hmm. So, well, let me ask you this, Kelly, and, and let's we'll get away from the game a little bit. Maybe, please. Maybe your yeah. mood will lighten. One thing I think the NFL really did was one heck of a job in just carrying the season out. I mean, they they seem to really get a grip on how you handled COVID and how you play through your season with COVID. Are there not lessons there that college sports can learn from the NFL? 
There, there are, there probably are, Bob. But, but to be fair to the colleges, like particularly during basketball season and so on, in the NFL, you're talking about one game a week. Okay, so when you're talking college basketball, baseball, and senior, like the Southern Miss uh, women, the volleyball team, for example, with Southern Miss this weekend, their weekend series with UTEP got canceled. You know, they were supposed to play at UTEP uh, yesterday and today, but it got it can, got canceled because of, of COVID. Well, now they're, uh, the volleyball team is scheduled to play this, this coming Sunday and Monday against Rice here. But when you have one game a week, you can kind of set your protocols to really focus on one particular day. And I think as we move forward with, with uh, the number of um, vaccinations increasing and COVID numbers coming down, and you've noted here on the program that hospitalizations also going down, right. I think this may be now a thing of the past. We'll have to see if Major League Baseball does indeed move its season back a month, you know, for safety precautions to allow the fans back into the game because Major League owners have said they got to have some people in the stands. I mean, they're, they're taking a financial bath. And that, so that might be the end of it as far as, as far as we know. But it certainly helps when you only have to plan for one day a week rather than like Major League Baseball who has, you know, five to right. six games a week. Yeah. But you would agree they did a pretty good job in um, in, get, in getting the season underway, and I, you know what? I think it was a breath of fresh air for Americans. I think we needed to, we needed to watch NFL football this year, and, and fortunately, uh, you know, we were able to do that. Well, everybody said they wanted to get back to normal, and boy, it was pretty normal when you watched the Super Bowl yesterday. And there's what's his name for Tampa. Because you didn't watch it, I will let you know, Kelly. It was twenty-one to six at halftime. The Bucks outscored Kansas City ten to three in the second half, and uh, they won the game thirty-one to nine. Well, good for them. <laughs> oh, 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 oh! And it was Brady's seventh Super Bowl, Kelly. Yeah, an MVP again for for you know whatever time. <laughs> A uh, bitter Peter, Kelly Sander rejoins me on the other side of the break, and I promise we will not mention the goat's name for the rest of the show, so Kelly's blood pressure can ease back down into a normal range. Get original NFL. We'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. You got a baseball, softball player in your family. It's that time of the year, and you need to get them down to D1 Bat uh, on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. They've got great training programs for kids of every age involved in baseball and softball, and they can fine-tune their skills and get them ready for a big summer of a ball. Uh, That's D1 Bat on Hardy Street. And also, if you're... If you're an adult and just want to get in better shape, uh, if you're an athlete that wants to fine-tune your game, uh, everything from tennis to uh, basketball, it doesn't matter, uh, they've got a state-of-the-art training facility uh, at D1 Training, and they've got all sorts of programs, different price ranges for every budget, uh, different exercise and uh, fitness routines for different levels of fitness. Uh, Check them out. Give them a call or check out their website, D1 D-Bath. They're on Hardy Street. And uh, they are just a fantastic uh, new facility here 
in the Pine Belt. All right, uh, Kelly, let's uh, move back to Southern Miss and another pretty good weekend for track and field. Well, they continue to just really do great things, Bob. Uh, you know, the more athletes come and go, more come in and right behind. And, and let's take a look at both the, the women's teams and what happened this weekend. Patricia Johnson, congratulations to her. She set a new meet record at the Jaguar Invitational at the Birmingham Crossplex yesterday. She set the meet record in the long jump of 19 feet 5 inches. That was good for her to place first and at atop the podium. So Patricia Johnson of Southern Miss, congratulate her if you see her on campus with that new 19-foot 5-inch record at the Jaguar Invitational. At the same Invitational, the men's 4-by-400-meter relay finished first, and that team consists of Landon Chalden, Casey Spinks, Trey Johnson, and DJ Butler. They finished first in that 4-by-400-meter relay. All in all, the uh, Eagles and Lady Eagles placed nine on the podium in, um, in the weekend invitational, the Jaguar invitational in Birmingham. Meanwhile, the women's golf team is participating in its first spring event, its fourth event overall three from the fall, and then this is the first spring event. They are at the FAU Paradise Invitational in Boca Raton. The other two teams participating in that Florida event, including UAB and FAU, of course, is the host team. Those are the other teams in the field. And although he didn't go to Southern Miss, uh, he's from Hattiesburg, Davis Riley, congratulations to him. He prepped. Uh, he's a golfer that uh, prepped at Presbyterian Christian High School in Hattiesburg. Davis Riley made the cut at the Phoenix Open this past weekend and got a nice uh, nice check. And he actually gets to go on to play at Pebble Beach wow. this week as part of the PGA Tour. So congratulations to Davis Riley. And uh, we're all pulling for you and hope that uh, you do well. And those pro golfers, man, there's a ton of them that are really, really good. And the fact that Davis is in there ba- battling with them, you know, good for him. So that's that's the latest from the Southern Miss calendar, Bob. You know, the Eagles getting ready for the North Texas. Uh, Jay Ladner will be on the show with us on on Wednesday. Again, volleyball will play at home this coming weekend. Scheduled to, anyway, uh, outside of COVID. Scheduled for a Sunday-Monday matchup with Rice. Yeah. That's uh, February 14th and 15th. Well, I'm going to tell you what. Uh, nobody wants to hear this. Probably need to start preparing yourself for some baseball cancellations as baseball gets underway, too, because you just – uh, it's going to be week to week, Kelly, and uh, things are getting better. I don't think there's any doubt about that, but I still think we're some time away from this really being, you know, back in back in the distance, and we could very well see some juggling of baseball as well. I think. And and Coach Barry, you know, talked about uh, so much has been talked about COVID, and and certainly that's reasonable. But you know, with the turf field now being in place at Pete Taylor Park, you're not going to hear a lot about about rainouts, but. When you look at this weather forecast for this weekend, for example, um, and I'm not sure when exactly the opener is for the Eagles. Maybe it's uh, in a couple weekends. Yeah, it's a couple weeks. But, but if they were going to open this coming weekend, I mean, the scheduled high for, like, Saturday and Sunday is, like, 30? Really? Something like that? I really? mean, yeah, just ridiculous. They got, you know, uh, some of the temperatures in the Midwest are supposed to be in the single digits this coming weekend, so... Real cold temperatures moving in this coming weekend, and and I hear tell that there might even be a, a chance of uh, the S word, really, um, the four letter S word with you know maybe some freezing rain this coming weekend. So certainly would not be ideal to be playing baseball and or certainly be sitting out 
Uh, uh, and there is a ball. There is a softball tournament here in Hattiesburg coming Friday. I guess so those kids from North Dakota will feel right. Well, they'll feel right at home, right, Kelly? If it's snowing <laughs> in thirty degrees. <laughs> yeah, I'd imagine they're. Pra- I was going to say this earlier. I imagine their practices are probably pretty confusing when you're using a white softball and you're practicing outside. <laughs> <laughs> they'll they'll think it's summertime down here if it's 30 degrees the huge yeah, advantage for north dakota <laughs> even if it is 30 yeah they, they won't mind playing in shorts you know all right well kelly uh I, i'm sorry you're so distraught but now it's behind you and uh you can you can move toward uh, spring and summer and uh you can start sunbathing again going to the beach all the things that make you happy as we move away from uh from the super bowl well, I do. I do happen to get my spot every time I go to the beach, and I don't know why. But whenever yeah. I walk out there in my speedo, people seem, tend to clear the way, and I, <laughs> I I tend to get exactly where I want to stay. Yeah, you so. see the mothers holding their hands over the children's faces and saying, "Don't look in that direction, honey. Just come <laughs> yeah, with yeah, me." For whatever that, reason, uh, I, I, I don't just know. Because I look like a Bartlett pear with a rubber band around me. <laughs> you know. Kelly and I back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, Southern Miss. To the top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. I want to fly like an eagle to the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.